On this week's episode of What the Puck, the Winter Classic opponent is announced. The NHL draft is this Friday, and the Caps definitely have some holes to fill. And Barry Trotz turns out to be a corn fan. All this and more on this week's episode of What the Puck. Welcome everybody, welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck, it's the summertime, look at this, I'm Skyping with my buddy Coach Dan and it's still light out, it's humid and we're still going to be talking about some pucks, so Coach Dan, what's going on man? Uh, not too much, how you doing? I'm doing good, I'm doing good, a lot of Caps news since we talked last a lot of stuff going on with the NHL, with the Capitals. Where it's, I think it's going to be a very uh, active summer uh, from the Caps. So let's talk about uh, some of the big news that broke recently. Uh, very exciting stuff to find out that the Chicago Blackhawks are coming for the Winter Classic this year. So it's going to be Caps, Chicago Blackhawks for this game. What's your take on this? Do you like the fact that they're matching up with a team that's uh, not even in the, the uh, Metro division? I was honestly really surprised. I expect not necessarily that they're going to be in the Metro Division, but that they're at least going to be in the Eastern Conference. So when I heard that it was the Blackhawks, I was like, what? Like, it doesn't make sense. There's no real animosity between the two teams. There's no connection. There's no real history between the two teams. So I don't know. I mean, if anything, you know, there's no no backs, background storyline for these two, other than the fact that uh, both teams have, uh, with the exception of probably last season, both teams have been uh, pretty good over the last couple of years. I mean, the Blackhawks have been able to go out and win a couple of Stanley Cups. The Capitals, not so much. Um, but I think it's definitely going to be fun to watch on HBO and seeing those guys, especially Patrick Kane being an idiot. Uh, I know you're excited for that one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But other than that, I mean, it's, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. They're, they have... I don't think they've officially said it's happening at Nationals Park, have they just yet? No, the the, the venue is still up in the air, but I mean... I think we all know where it's going to be. Yeah, now. I mean, it's got to be <laughs> at, at Nationals Park. I mean, that it would be a dream of mine to have any hockey game at all at Camden Yards in Baltimore, but as much fun as that would be personally for me, that's not going to happen. I mean, it's it's almost like written on the wall. Like They really don't even have to put a press conference out. Literally put a tweet out and goes... Uh, everywhere you, uh, every everybody out there, where you thought we were gonna have the Winter Classic, that's where it's gonna be. Because I mean, that's that's pretty obvious. I mean, I don't think they're gonna go to FedEx Field. I don't think that they're gonna use RFK Nationals. Uh, field is 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 from what I know. I haven't been there personally. Is a, is a great stadium, and it's right in the. Heart it is of, very nice. It's right in the heart of DC. Think of that backdrop that you're gonna see. Uh, you know, on TV. I I gotta assume it's gonna be there. Yeah, I mean, if they hadn't built the the parking garages above ground, they, they initially the plan was to build those below ground, and the view would have been much better towards the capital. But the fa- the sight lines are still very good. Uh, I definitely think that there is it's definitely going to be there. I think if I understand correctly, the NHL likes baseball stadiums. I don't know if it's necessarily because the uh, the seats sort of face towards home plate, or uh, they just don't want to deal with Dan Snyder. So it's a possibility. Uh, but yeah, that's my guess is going to be at Nats Park. I know when they had first started talking about having it in DC, they talked about putting it on the mall, and while that would have been really <laughs> cool. Never gonna happen. There's no way to get you know enough uh, stands and bathrooms and stuff and and places for the media. It would have been a freaking nightmare. So I definitely think it's gonna be at Nats Park. That would be my guess. And uh, you know, if anything, Metro is gonna have to get their heads out of the you know where's if they want to have a game like that down there because it's definitely. They're going to have a lot of people showing up. Man, that that's what worries me. I mean, I definitely want to go. You can't I mean, you could drive to Nats Park, but it's it's not there's not a, as far as I understand. I've all, I've been to, you know, Nats games there and I always take the Metro. It's 
So it's going to be, I mean, there's places to park around there, but it's, it's a lot more difficult. So it's definitely going to be an interesting time to have the game there. But it's, I mean, either way, even if I'm not, I'd love to go in person, but if the tickets end up being just ridiculously expensive, it's still going to be a lot of fun to watch. Knowing that it's in D.C., I think the players are going to be excited. Seeing them behind the scenes, I think seeing someone like uh, like Trotz on HBO is going to be fun. I, I just hope it's not a distraction. Like it's sort, They won't admit it, but it certainly seemed to be like it was a distraction the last go-round. Yeah, I, I like seeing the HBO show. I really it enjoyed was fun. it. Uh, but you got to think about this. I mean, a lot of players, you know, maybe Trotz or, or one of the new coaches isn't going to be really into it. I mean, look what happened to Brizgalov. I mean, after he went on HBO, his career kind of went down because everyone was so worried about what he was going to do with the media and how he was going to be perceived. And, I mean, he started out the, this past season, I think, in like the ECHL. So, uh, you know, some people might not be into it, but personally, as a fan, I love seeing that glimpse into the locker room. Uh, the, the very first season, th- this is what's really cool, is the fact that this is not the Blackhawks' first winter classic. You know, they they kind of know what it's like to play outside. They were in the stadium series last year. But this is going to be their first time having cameras on them all the time, except for a guy like Patrick Kane, who did have cameras follow him around for uh, H- or, uh, HBO, NHL Revealed for the uh, Olympics. So it's going to be their first time getting cameras in their locker rooms. Caps are going to be used to it, but maybe they're not as used to playing outside like the Blackhawks. So it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. It definitely um, adds to the storyline of this game. Yeah, I mean, I kind of expected when they did this again, it was going to be two teams or at least one team we haven't seen play in this game before. So to see two teams that have already done it before is sort of a disappointment. But, you know, it is what it is. But I certainly am excited to see this game happen. You know, it'll be fun to watch the guys again, like on HBO, but also to see them get geared up towards uh, towards playing in this game, even if it is at home, um, and to see what happens, sort of the local area. Because I know, I don't know how you felt, but watching the uh, HBO 24-7 last time, it seemed like it was sort of focusing more on the Penguins. And their players, and and then and Pittsburgh. So we'll see if maybe the uh, Caps get a sort of their fair share of this go around. But yeah, I mean it's going to be a lot of fun. The thing they have to remember is just just another game in the regular season. I know it doesn't feel that way because it's the outdoor classic or the winter classic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it uh, it's just another game in the regular season. It's two points that they need, especially after last season, and it's two points they desperately are going to need if they if they have a rough start uh, like they did last season. The Capitals definitely struggled this past season when having the big spotlight on them. Every single time there was a primetime game. Oh, my God, that was horrible. That was on a national stage. I mean, they, like, you always use this term. They wet the bed. And, uh, I do like it. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're on Comcast Sportsnet, they don't Well, not wet bad. the bed. There's another phrase, but we try to keep this a family show, so we can't say it. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And uh, the Winter Classic is always a good time. And, again, I've never been – I'm going to say this uh, again. I've never been in nationals park national stadium whatever it's called but before that was built there was a tiny little concert venue in dc called i think it was called nation and i actually saw evanescence there so that's my only tie to that area (laughs) evanescence i think it was evanescence finger 11 cold and uh resin 1998 uh, I think all of those bands were on the Daredevil soundtrack, so it, it may have been a while. Oh, well, let's see. That was their downfall right there. That movie, which is the epitome of suck. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's definitely the area down there is, is growing. It's it. I don't imagine it being that drastically different between now and the Winter Classic, but it's definitely growing. Um, it's definitely becoming a nicer area. I know they're talking about putting uh, for a stadium down there for DC United. Not that that's going to happen anytime soon in, in time for the game or anything, but it's definitely – the area is growing. It's much nicer than it used to be, and – 
you know, it's going to be a lot of fun to have it going there. I know the guys like Ovechkin are going to be excited to be on the main stage again like that. And as long as they don't uh, crap the bed, so to speak, like they did uh, leading into the last winter classic, they can't afford to have a run like that this season because this upcoming season, they can't be screwing around because if they have another season where they're missing the playoffs, then there's going to be some real questions asked, not of the coaching staff, but of these players. Yeah, so that, let's let's bounce right into that. Along with the Winter Classic being revealed, uh, the regular season was revealed, and uh, we got to see the entire schedule for the all of the NHL. So let's talk a little bit about the Caps. They are opening up the season Thursday, October 9th, up against the Montreal Canadiens in D.C. at the phone booth at the Verizon Center. Uh, Coach Dan, it's been a couple days. What's your take on uh, on the schedule this year? It looks like they've got a couple trips out west, out to Canada, and uh, out to a. Uh, 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 the the Western Canada area, I mean, and uh, the the home stretch at the end, it's going to be a tough one, and and it always is for these guys. But what's your, what's your take on the the regular schedule? I mean, it's they're always going to have those Western road swings because it makes sense to sort of hit all those teams and then uh, in Canada and stuff. But it doesn't seem like there's ever a point where they're just on the road for the seems like forever. You know, there's a couple points where they're on the road for a little while, but there's no point where they're on the road for like two weeks or something like that. So it's certainly. It doesn't seem like a horrible schedule. There's a lot of games definitely to look forward to. The first one being against the Canadians is definitely an important game. And then, you know, no matter what happens in that game, seeing how they respond in the next game uh, on October 11th in Boston is also, I think, going to be an important one. But then, you know, it's nice to see them get that uh, the Western Canadian what, swing out of the way early on. It looks like, what, in late October? And then, you know, it's just sort of they got to go through it. But uh they end the season two games at home, which I think is going to be nice, especially if they're fighting for a playoff spot. So I think it's definitely – it's not a schedule that you look at and go, oh, dear God, this is that part of the season where they're going to get like just hung up on a lot of stuff. There's one point where they have to go on the road and take on the Rangers, the Penguins, and the – why do they have to go to New York, go over to Pittsburgh, and then come back to New York? That doesn't make any sense. Who created the schedule? All right, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I saw that. I was like, wait a minute. You're going back and forth. I mean, it's not that far, but it's just stupid. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, there's no point in the schedule that really looks all that bad. So I think they should be okay, but they have to come out and start strong. There's no opportunity really for them to go on. Now with this new division, there's no time for them to go on a point where they lose, you know, five or six games in a row and they can just fight out of it. This isn't the Southeast anymore. You have to win. You have to win consistently if you want to be playing in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just look at the last two games. Yes, they're both at home, but they are up against the Bruins and the Rangers. Uh, each team, where it's a very good chance that you might be seeing them in the playoffs in, in the next uh, couple days after the season ends, uh, if the, the Capitals can get there. So uh, they're going to end on a uh, at home, but against really good teams. So um, I, I kind of like what they're doing. You know, they, they do go out west to, uh, to California in February. Uh, and like you said, the Western Canada is done early. So, I mean, these road trips, uh, they do take a lot out of the caps, and going out west does take a lot out of them. But um, at least it's it's not towards the, the very end of the season. You know, you still have March and some of April to get through if you want to make that final push and you finally come back home. Uh, one other game I want to bring up, it's kind of become a tradition for the Capitals, uh, but they will be playing on Super Bowl Sunday, uh, Sunday, February 1st, up against the Blues, and the Capitals will be playing at home. I kind of liked it when it was the Caps-Penguins there for a while, and then last year it was the Caps and the Red Wings. 
Wings, and now the Blues are coming to town. So uh, at least they're still playing on Super Bowl Sunday. Kind of gives you an entire day worth of just sports. Uh, and hopefully I'll see the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl again. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, you guys have the Washington. I don't know what you can call them right now. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know what, how we can how we can phrase it anymore. The 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 Washington Blackhawks maybe. The Washington football team. <laughs> the Washington Washingtons. Uh, that's what you can do. That so doesn't even make sense. So maybe Washington uh, cards. You know, for House of Cards. Wait, no, that's filmed in Baltimore too. I don't know. We'll we'll figure out a name for that team eventually. But uh, Sunday, February first. So you got Capitals hockey, and then you got Super Bowl Sunday right after that. So. That should be uh, that should be pretty fun, and then of course you have the uh, the Caps Blackhawks January first, the Winter Classic should be a really good uh, good season. Uh, I'm excited. I wish it was already October. I miss I miss me some Caps hockey. So uh, let's move on. We're gonna we're gonna power through on this show, and the Capitals have have made some of their uh, adjustments in the front office and with the coaching staff, and and uh, we waited a little bit. And Coach Dan, tell me about these new guys coming in. We've got a new goalie coach. Uh, we, we have a, uh, a new assistant GM. What else do we got going on? Oh, well, they hired, what was his name? Mitch Korn, formerly of the Nashville Predators. He actually worked with Barry Trotz in Nashville, and more importantly, he worked with Pekka Rinne, who has turned out to be a pretty good goalie, I'd say so. So I think this definitely is a great move for someone to be working with Braden Holpe, and it certainly sounds like this team is not going to be screwing around with the who's the number one goalie anymore. It definitely sounds like it's Braden Holpe going forward and that they're going to go out and find themselves a backup goaltender for him, whether that's Tomas Falcun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, our... Let's 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 wait right here for a second. Um, with, okay. With that, <laughs> I know I'm completely just cutting you off. Of it. <laughs> um, with that move that Barry Trotz has made, bringing in Mitch Korn, and the uh, the the pass that they have with Tomas Falcun, and the fact that he's 100% healthy, do you see him coming back to the Capitals as a backup? Because I mean, with the history there, with that coach. That's got to feel pretty familiar that he's at least got to be on their radar. Well, I definitely think he's on the radar, but I think a lot of guys are on their radar. But if there's anyone that's sort of standing out at the moment, he certainly is one. And I would not be surprised at all. He still is a talented goalie at one point. Not last season because he had the, the the health issues, but the season before that, he was leading the Penguins as their number one goaltender when Flurry was struggling. And so I definitely think that would be a smart move on the Caps part to bring him in to be the backup to play um i don't know 20 to 25 to 30 games next season if hope he ever needs a break um although i know hope he likes to play a lot but he's still a young guy and so i think volkun right now i think is probably my number one favorite to come back in and be able to play uh as the backup because hope he's the number one guy and i think having corn come in is the perfect guy to come in and and be the uh goalie coach because it looks like he's done great things he did great things in nashville and there's absolutely no reason to think he won't do the exact same thing uh, here in D.C. All right, very cool, man. So go on, go on with what you were talking about before I cut you off. Uh, well, I don't know since you cut – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, aside from Corn, they also uh, announced uh, – what was it today, actually? That they have hired Todd Reardon as one of their assistant coaches. This is after Callie O'Hansen left the team, uh, deciding to return to his native Sweden. Uh, you know, he says it's for family reasons, and I see no reason necessarily to disagree with that. Uh, to going with the whole Oli Kolzig thing and that both Johansson and Kolzig have left the team as their coaches. Now, I know they're looking for another role for Kolzig, uh, but he wanted to spend more time with his family. Uh, I was reading that Johansson also wants to spend more time with his family. He's heading back to Sweden. He says his youngest daughter is starting high school and she already missed a year. Uh, and She didn't want to miss any more school and things like that. So it makes perfect sense. I like that the former Capitals players who have a lot of history, who have a lot of fans 
uh, behind them are, are no longer coaches with this team that was struggling so much because it's sort of it's tough to see that and be like, what are you doing? Like, stop screwing up our team, even though we loved you as a player. You're, you know, maybe they weren't the best coaches. You never know. But it certainly sounds like Colson's going to stick around. Johansson probably will still be doing some, uh, I think it was scouting for the Caps at one point over in Sweden, which probably is less of a, a, a strain on his family life and things like that. So that's good for him. But uh, moving into the new assistant head coach they hired, I'm sorry, assistant coach, I should say, Todd Reardon. Um, he spent the past four seasons as the assistant coach with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Boo! Uh, but he did work closely with their defensemen and their power play unit, which, you know, the Penguins had some pretty good defense at times, and, and their power play was actually pretty good. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. I know that Trotz came out and said that he doesn't plan on necessarily making a lot of changes that Oates had in place in regards to the power play. Because if there was one thing that Oates did pretty well, it was the power play. So it, it's nice to see that they weren't necessarily changing a lot of things or bringing in someone that has some um, – he's, he's a proven commodity as an assistant coach – in the NHL. And then the last little move that they made, uh, this was actually oh, a little over a week ago that the Capitals actually promoted Ross Mahoney to assistant general manager, which I think was a great move. He was the top scout for them at the amateur level. He did amazing things. He was one of the top guys. I think that McPhee leaned on in regards to drafting. So to have him come in and be sticking around as their assistant general manager, I think is a great move on the team's part. And uh, you need an assistant general manager since you hired their previous assistant general manager to be your general manager. So it makes a lot of sense to bring, keep keep it in-house just like they were doing, it looks like, with the general manager and Brian McClellan. Um, but, yeah, it's a good move. And, you know, they've made some good moves in the front office and in the coaching staff. Now it's time to make some good moves with the players. Absolutely. It, it's a it's a great time to, uh, to do that. It seems as if these guys are being very active. I like the fact that they are really – uh, doing doing a lot of stuff. I mean, we're hearing a lot of news this summer, so these guys are definitely working hard. Nobody's slacking off. Nobody's taking a a, a long summer vacation, at least not yet. So that's pretty cool. But um, what we really should be talking about with these new guys, we're really going to see what these new guys can even do. Uh, what kind of style they're going to have coming up this weekend because it's the NHL draft this weekend, this Friday. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this Friday and Saturday. Sorry, had to do it, had to do it. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Capitals and, of course, the entire NHL will be participating in the draft coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Flyers country. Uh, the Capitals <laughs> The Capitals have the 13th pick in the first round of the draft. Uh, so what do you see happening here? Do you see them trading out do you see them uh picking somebody at 13 the capitals have kind of been around that number for the last couple years so i mean even the fact they didn't make the playoffs really didn't help them out get a higher draft pick or anything i mean not by that much so um will the capitals do what they always do and just kind of draft somebody or are they gonna are they gonna move up and 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 give somebody away because a lot of fans are are talking about the fact that you do have a couple like bargaining chips right now on the team that you could kind of see go somewhere else. And and one name I want to bring up, and a lot of people are talking about it, is Brooks Like. They're saying that maybe they he could be traded away and get a higher draft pick. So, uh, Coach Dan, what what's your take on what the Capitals might do? I don't think moving Brooks Like is going to get you a first round pick in any way, especially with his injury history as of late. Um, it seems like they, at least what they've been saying, um, that. Uh, you know, they want to hang on to the the players they have now and that they can build something from there. And so I think I wouldn't be surprised to see them use the pick. I think what was the last time they picked 13th, they picked uh, Alexander seven. I want to say I wouldn't be surprised to see them hang on to the pick. I don't think you're going to be able to trade that first round pick at 13 and get a, a you know, what they really need in a first line winger potentially or a second line center uh, if they decide to not hang on to Mikhail Grabowski. So 
I see them hanging on to it and making the pick. Maybe they package that with a player to bring somebody in. That's always a possibility. The draft, though, you seem to see some crazy things happen. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them make a move uh, in regards to a trade. But I also would not be surprised at all to see them decide to hang on to that pick and, uh, you know, uh, uh, bring up a player. But the thing is, when the NHL draft, it's not like the NBA. It's not like the NFL. You're not going to go out and pick, bring, you know, get a guy and he's immediately going to help your team unless he's in the top probably three or four picks. Once you get past the third or fourth pick, odds are this is a guy that's going to be in the minors or playing overseas or still playing in college for a couple of years. So if you go out and you make that pick, I mean, they picked Kuznetsov. They picked him high in the first round, but he still didn't come over for a while. You go and you look at um, Carl Olsner, who they picked, I want to say, fifth in his draft year. And he still was playing in the minors in um, uh, in Canada for a while before he made his debut with the Washington Capitals. And so sometimes these things take a little while, which is why these draft picks, especially at 13, may not be quite as valuable. But then again, you may see a team make you know a desperate move to pick up a player and you're able to get them to overspend in a trade to bring in that kind of guy. So I think McCullen, he's definitely going to be taking some phone calls. He's going to be seeing what other teams are interested in before doing anything uh, with that pick. But, uh, you know... It'll be an interesting decision, but I, even around the draft, you're going to see a lot of things going on with, with um, signings and trades and dealings and things like that. And so I hope that McClellan is active because his team still has some holes they need to fill, especially defensively. And he even came out and said something like that, not quite as blunt as the way I put it. But uh, he said that you know they need to look into the defense because there needs to be some fixes there and that they they probably are going to need a second, you know, second line center is a problem. And I'm a little surprised we haven't heard anything on Grabowski recently. You would have thought that something would have come out in regards to re-signing him. So that's really something to look towards to see if anything's going to happen with uh, with their second-line center position. I mean, they said that the backup plan was Kuznetsov-like and Johansson? Yeah, Johansson. Do I have that correctly? Yeah. So those are certainly options. And, you know, you could I could potentially see them packing, packaging something like Johansson in a first-round pick to bring in a defenseman to help this team. So, um, you know, I, they definitely have some holes they need to fill and some really big ones. So it'll be interesting to see what happens coming into the draft. Uh, and if they want to wait to see which players may get bought out in the end. I know Brad Richards is going to be available now uh, if you want to go down that road. Uh, like I mean, it's sort of the same thing they do with Grabowski. He got bought out and they were able to pick him up for significantly cheaper than he may have been had he been, just been a regular free agent. So there's definitely some interesting things to watch going into and during the draft. Not, and, and not regarding the draft itself. So, so the the events around basically the draft, everything. The the events around the draft are fun. The other stuff, not so much. But well, that's just the thing because the dra- it's like the it's not like the NFL draft or the NBA draft. You're not going in there and going, okay, this guy can step in right here or be a backup. Right. It takes a while. Well, these, for some these, of these are guys y- these are young kids too. I mean, they're not even yeah. in college yet. Look at a guy like Riley Barber, who we we've talked about a lot. He was in the World Juniors this past. Don't uh, trade him. <laughs> Please, yeah, I would like Don't to see do it, him. McClellan. But he—he's even said he's staying in school. I think he's going into his junior year next year. So I mean, even for him to come to the Capitals, you're—you're you're waiting. You know, he's not going to show up until three seasons from now. Well, he's going to get a look at at uh, developmental camp, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him get an invite to um, training camp. Right. To see if he can make a run. The question is, where do you play him? I mean, with the way the roster is right now, they have nowhere to fit him in unless it's a top six role. So it'll be. Inter- I mean, that's the biggest thing is seeing what moves they decide to make right around the draft or right around free agency in regards to trades to potentially free up some spots. Because, I mean, what was it? McClellan came out and said he thought that Tom Wilson should have been playing more. My question is, where do you put him? Are you giving him more minutes? If you, even if you move Ovechkin over to the left again, you know he's not playing on the top line. He's not replacing Brower as, as the right wing on the second line. He's not replacing Joel Ward on the third line. So the question is, where do you put him? So it's definitely interesting to see if they're going to try and. and 
open up a couple spots on the roster to move a couple of guys up. I, I'm interested to see what they do. I'm interested to see how they how they are, are going to draft. If they are going to use this as just kind of like a pawn to uh, to to trade and get another player that w- will make an impact, kind of like what they did with uh, Mike Ribeiro a couple years like ago. A defenseman. <laughs> like they did what? Maybe. What? The defense would be nice. Yes, yeah, that, that's what that's what we really need, right? That's that's a big uh, big thing. They are more focused on getting this this uh, goaltender back up, but defense has definitely got to be uh, a high on the list. And uh, I, they're not like you said, they're not going to bring a defenseman in. Like if they draft a defenseman, we're not going to see him next season. Uh, well, that that'll yeah. never happen. I mean, well, I mean, it's always possible. Crazier things have happened where you draft guys and they end up coming into your camp or something. And you're like, wow, this guy's a lot better than everybody thought. Uh, or they come in and they just fit your system so well. But it's unlikely. You know, it's like it's it's a um, uh, what's the phrasing? You know, it's like a diamond in the rough. Occasionally you see one of those. But it's unlikely. They can't go into the draft saying, OK, this is how we're going to fix a defense because it's just not going to happen. I mean, we have seen crazier things happen. I mean, you, you, I remember when Tom Wilson was first making waves. He, he went from being a whaler to uh, to the Hershey Bears for a game, and then you're then they invited him up to to just practice with the Capitals, and you're like, he'll never make it, he'll never make it. And I'm like, I don't know. And then he shows up in the Stanley Cup playoffs out of nowhere, and he's on the ice. So um, crazier things have happened, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens at the draft, but. Uh, I, I personally feel as if they're going to trade and try to get an already established player, somebody who can make an impact right now. That's what I think this front office really wants to do is this guy kind of wants to show, yeah, I've I was I've been in the organization, I've worked with George McPhee, but I'm not George McPhee. So I can kind of see him wanting to make a splash and wanting to do it quickly. Whether or not he can do that or not remains to be seen, but I kind of have that feeling like he's he's outspoken about certain players, about how yeah, the team was weird, wrong. by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Is it weird? Like, we're used to McPhee, who, like, they ask him a question, he's like, I don't know, and that's it. And this guy's, like, telling you everything. You're like, whoa, buddy, hey, slow down. Right. So I'm very interested to see what this guy wants to do. I I kind of feel as if he's going to to play some hardball with some people. So uh, let's see what happens this weekend. I'm uh, very lucky that I get to go up there on Saturday and get to see rounds two through seven. Probably won't stay that whole time because there's only so many times you can hear people, you know, be called up to a stage, hold up a jersey, and then – leave but uh i will be hanging out there a little bit it is a bit redundant (laughs) yeah but i uh, i've never experienced a draft like that before so i'm i'm excited to see what's going to happen up there yeah and it's just a short ride up to philly you know it's not too far away for us well just make sure you're careful because them philly people are a little crazy they're not the nicest people, but I'll probably be sporting <laughs> one of the the fashionable what the puck T-shirts that that we own. So, ah, there you go. You know, self advertising. <laughs> Spread the good word in Philly. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, all right, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this. I mean, not a lot to talk about. Uh, we not really a lot to go in depth about. But congrats to uh, Alex Ovechkin for winning the the Rocket Richard trophy once again uh in las vegas at the nhl awards on uh june 24th that was last night because we we're recording this on wednesday coach dan did you see any of the awards show i i didn't really tune in that much nope uh i did the only award i want this team to win is a really big silver cup yes and i want them to to drive it around and let me let me drink out of it that's what i want that'd be cool uh but uh 
Alex Ovechkin's um, speech was was kind of cringeworthy and kind of awkward because he was like, I want to thank my the fans, I want to thank my family, I want to thank my team, and I want to thank my coach who's unemployed at the moment, so <laughs> good luck to him. <laughs> so it was very, very awkward. But, awkward. Uh, he, I mean, yeah, I'm, Oates, did, if Oates did one thing right. He, he helped to not fix, but he revived a part of Ovechkin we hadn't seen for a little while. So he certainly did that that part correctly. Just the rest of the stuff didn't work out. But I have faith that Trotz is going to keep things going while, while being able to build around him. Because that's the one thing McPhee hadn't been able to do. He never built a solid enough team around right. Ovechkin. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, congrats to, to Ovi. I mean, he did have uh, – he likes to score goals. And he did it. He did it very well last year. So, uh, congrats to on winning uh, winning that once again. Uh, last bit of news before we leave Caps World. Coach Dan, I know you're excited, but the Washington Capitals Fan Fest for this summer is going to be on Saturday, July 12th. That ends developmental camp, and that is the uh, the game between all of the uh, the, the rookie players out there uh, that will be competing in developmental camp. And uh, I, I go every year. We usually meet up. It's the one time we see each other a year, and uh, we have a good time, get to see a lot of fans, get to see, you know, usually John Walton. Yeah, Wes Johnson, he's there as well. We talked to him the first year that we were doing What the Puck. So, I mean, uh, I love FanFest, and if you are just a regular fan and you want to buy a uh, player you stick or gloves or whatever, um, be prepared to fist fight. But other than that, you will get stuff if you're willing to lay the smack down, if you will. I have to make sure I get a good seat this time. I was, like, sitting what I was standing, I don't even know what it's called, like the pairing in between the two rinks. And like looking through the glass at first, that was. Oh yeah, that's the big. I gotta thing. get there a little earlier. You gotta get there. I leave my house at like six in Baltimore, and it takes me, you know, an hour and a half to get down there. And and even by then, it's already crowded. So, and I don't even think it officially starts until like nine. But people get there early, and and people people man, they're they're crazy. They're crazy about the caps. <laughs> well, people are crazy in general. But yeah. no, I mean it's definitely it's awesome to see that this the team's getting this kind of attention. Uh, I just got to get there apparently a little earlier. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do we miss anything in Caps World or we cover everything? I think uh, we do a pretty good job. All right, well, now... Um, if I say so ourselves. Yeah, you know what? We're, we're doing all right for the summer. I, I miss this. We're, we're, we're right in our groove. It's not like we lost anything. But, yeah, let's, let's keep going. So uh, we're going to take a quick drive up 83 uh, to go talk about some Hershey Bears. But before we do... We're going to have a quick word from the Baltimore Sports Report Network. What, what, what the fuck? What the fuck? He's a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find more podcasts like this at BaltimoreSportsReport.com. All right, here we go. We're going up 83. We're talking Hershey Bears, and we're not going to talk a lot about Reading Royals. Coach Dan, let's talk about this at least just a little bit. The Reading Royals, they out of nowhere in, in, in the dark of night, like Indianapolis <laughs> stole the Colts. The Philadelphia Flyers swooped in and stole the Reading Royals away from us. Um, How dare they? <laughs> uh, the Capitals right now without an ECHL team, the Reading Royals, they are on their own with, uh, not on their own, they're, they're with the Flyers now, and um, 
I thought this was a great dynamic for the Capitals, for uh, the Hershey Bears to be so close to Redding and to have uh, a lot of young guys who need experience, who need ice time. If they weren't getting it in Hershey, they could easily just go to Redding. We saw that with uh, Stan Galiev or Galiev, however you say it. And uh, that seemed like a big deal because uh, the, the Redding Royals did really well with our prospects. But two years after winning the Kelly Cup, they moved on to Philadelphia. And uh, they said they still might work with Hershey, and Hershey might give some guys to Redding. But as of right now, uh, Caps without an ECHL team, and the Redding Royals have uh, are now Flyer fans. Uh, perfect opportunity. Baltimore Skipjacks, yeah. ECHL. Yeah. Let's do it. No, I think that, that would be cool. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it definitely would be a lot of fun. But, yeah, I mean, these affiliation changes happen from time to time, and it does make more sense geographically to have them uh, associated with the Flyers. It is unfortunate. They are traitorous, uh, bad words. But, uh, you know, it happens, and, and if as long as – I mean, I, I also saw about the potential affiliation between the Bears and the Royals and how they may still send some players that way, and I guess that makes sense, and that's fine as long as those players are getting ice time. Uh, if they are, in fact, uh, prospects with the Capitals. But aside from that, you know, it's not the end of the world. But, yeah, it would be very cool to have an ECHL team in Baltimore, even if, you know, it's not the greatest hockey in the world. And it's still pretty cool to be able to go up there and probably pay for cheap uh, cheap tickets to go see some some fun hockey. Yeah, I would love that. But after uh, after the Capitals said, yeah, we're not coming back to Baltimore, we didn't even talk about that before. But Well, we're not going back to the arena, I think, is the plan. Well, like, even the Baltimore arena owner was just kind of like, yeah, we weren't prepared. Sorry. We understand. No joke, you weren't prepared. <laughs> like, those ice conditions were terrible. Like I'm, I'm worried for anybody who would skate in there. I mean, and um, I mean, we're getting off track here. But like the Baltimore Arena, they're they're losing the Baltimore Charm, who were from the Lingerie Football League. Like it, how how do you what? Yeah, how do you um, <laughs> how do you have an arena? And have you need to build a new arena right now. I mean, you can't keep anybody in there. They had they had indoor football for a little while. They had the lingerie football league. They the blast have left. Literally, there are no sports teams in that Wait, place. Wait, what? The blast left? When did that happen? They're, they're still in Baltimore, but they're not. Uh, or at least they don't practice there anymore. I, I think maybe, no, no, I have that wrong. I'm sorry. Um, it's not the Baltimore arena. They practice at the Dewburns Arena in Canton, and they are no longer doing that. I think they're still having games. In the, well, the in point Baltimore is, they need a new Sorry. arena either way. And there needs to be a new arena in Baltimore because I think that it, having the, the preseason game in Baltimore for the Capitals was very cool. It's definitely a great way to keep the fans in Baltimore interested in the team as well as, you know, just like winning in general. Um, but, you know, for the other teams in the area to get the lingerie team back would also be great. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, um, to have an ECHL team would also be very cool in the end. Um, but... Either way, right now, they only have their affiliation with Hershey, and that's that's okay. Um, Hershey did come out and announce that they have signed defenseman Garrett Haar to an AHL deal for the next season. Uh, Haar is a former draft pick of the Washington Capitals, uh, and he's been uh, participating in the Capitals Summer Developmental Camp. Uh, he was there last July in Arlington, actually, so that's kind of cool. Let me, let me um, just add to that. I'm really happy this guy is joining the, at least the Hershey Bears as well because I picked up his practice jersey at the there Fan Fest last year. And there we uh, go. I, uh, I have horror on the back on my back, and I've always been like, man, if he doesn't get signed to something, this is going to be a terrible uh, terrible pickup. But, uh, hey, I, I got his jersey. I'm ready to go to Hershey and see this guy play. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely gives an opportunity for uh, for some of the young guys to come. And to be able to play in Hershey definitely will show if he's a guy that the Capitals should really be keeping their eyes on. Or uh, if he's not a, a, a guy for the future, maybe he's just a, an AHL player in his career, which is, you know, 
it probably not ideally what he wanted to be, but it's still a great opportunity for him to keep playing hockey, um, you know, while he's able to. And so it's, he's still a young guy. He's only 20 and defensemen tend to, um, what reach their potential or bloom into their mid to late twenties to some extent. So there's still an opportunity for this guy to become a member of the capitals in the future. And maybe he comes out and becomes one of those guys that they've been looking for. Cause this defense with the capitals is just that terrible. <laughs> But that appears to be all the news uh, up 83. We have changed the name of the segment since it's just one 83 team now. That's very true. We're going to think about that. Hey, help us out. Hashtag up 83. Tell us a new name for uh, <laughs> for this because we don't want to think anymore. All right. So if that's it for up 83, now let's go around the NHL. All right, well, the NHL season is over. The LA Kings are number one Stanley Cup champions. Uh, the NHL awards have been given out, and the draft is right around the corner, but there's plenty of other stuff going on around the NHL. So, Coach Dan, tell us what's going down. I think we're all just happy the Rangers didn't win. Yeah. Right? Can we all agree with that? Mm-hmm. We're just happy the Rangers didn't win. But uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins today announced that they have hired Mike Johnston to be their new head coach, replacing Dan Bilesma, who was fired back on June 6th. Now, Johnston comes to them from the Western Hockey League's Portland Winterhawks, which is sort of a, a surprising hire considering you thought they would have gone with somebody maybe a little bit more used to the NHL. But he was the assistant and uh, associate coach with Vancouver from 99 until 2006 and was associate coach with the LA Kings from 06 to 08. So he definitely has some experience being in the NHL, uh, but not recently as head coach. Oh, he was also apparently the general manager of the Winterhawks. So that's kind of uh, that's interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's the Penguins' new head coaches. We'll see how he does with all of their star players. Uh, the LA Kings signed forward Marion Gabrick, who they picked up by the trade deadline, to a seven-year contract worth an average annual of $4.875 million. That's actually a pretty good deal for the LA Kings in the end because that's $4.875 million is a lot of money. However, that's not a ton of money for a guy who can play as a top-six winger and can score. I mean, in the playoffs – his, what was it, almost his first time in the playoffs? I think it was second time uh, he's been in the playoffs, maybe something like that. He In 26 games, he had 14 goals and eight assists. That's a damn good acquisition at the deadline. Let me tell you, when you go out and you make a trade to bring in somebody at the deadline to help you score, uh, Gary, uh, Gary, Gabrick did a very good job. So listen, he's going to be staying out in sunny California for the next seven years, uh, unless, of course, he gets traded. And then Tampa Bay signed Ryan Callahan to a six-year contract worth a reported average annual of $5.8 million. Why is Callahan making more money than Marion Gabrick? I'm actually kind of surprised Callahan uh, signed a new deal considering the fact that he didn't seem too happy about being traded to Tampa Bay. But they have a pretty good team. They were, you know, they have the opportunity and we'll see what happens with Tampa going forward. And finally, Vancouver also announced that they had hired a head coach named Willie Desjardins. He replaces John Tortorella, who was fired after only one season with the Vancouver Canucks. Desjardins, or Desjardins, I'm not entirely sure. He was uh, formerly the head coach of the Texas Stars, who won last season's Calder Cup in the AHL. That's all of the interesting news from the past little while in the NHL. All right, man. Well, you know what? This has been fun. I've missed podcasting a lot. The summer, it's hot. It's long days. Yeah, it was hot today. Yeah, really muggy, nasty out, but it was fun to talk about some hockey. So let's continue this conversation, everybody. Uh, You can follow Coach Dan or I on Twitter. 
Follow me at Brando Cash, and we'll talk all about what the puck and hockey and the caps, whatever else you want to talk about. And Coach Dan, he's on Twitter as well. Where can people follow you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach, and you can also find me at CapitalsOutsider.com. I had an article go out um, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, uh, about the team in the offseason, how what the things they may be doing, what the roster is, may look like. This is uh, CapitalsOutsider.com. But Brandon. What about the Brando Cash? Is it entertainment now? <laughs> you saw I changed that. I did see that, and I, I uh, wanted to make sure we got it out there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I've I've decided, uh, but without consulting anyone else, <laughs> that uh, I was changing it from just being a network to being a full-on entertainment uh, uh, company, and uh, not just doing podcasts, but doing videos and photography as well. So it's kind of encompassing a lot of different areas, but uh, podcasting is definitely at the forefront for us. So um, it's going to be kind of weird to say it, but uh, if you want more information about Brando Cash Entertainment, uh, make sure you uh, check out BrandoCash.com. Uh, that's, where, or that's where you'll you'll get information about this podcast and all the other podcasts uh, that we are currently doing or will be doing in the future. Uh, there's also going to be some new video and photography and all that kind of stuff I just talked about that's going to be added to that website. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to do some blogs and that kind of stuff. So uh, that's where you can check it out, BrandoCash.com. You can also go to Facebook, Facebook.com slash BrandoCash, and you'll get uh, all the other crazy stuff that we do and all the kind of notifications of when we'll be posting new uh, new things up there as well. So uh, more information about What the Puck, if you want that, go to Facebook.com slash WTP Podcast. Also like us on Twitter. Follow us there at WTP underscore podcast. Get all the information up to date as quickly as we post it, and you'll be the first to know as long as you're following us and liking us uh, there. So well, there's plenty of ways to listen to us. Make sure you're doing it even in the offseason. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, CapsHill.com, and the Baltimore Sports Report Network. And if you're a Baltimore Oriole fan, uh, there's plenty of stuff you can check out on the Baltimore Sports Report. They're doing uh, crazy amounts of coverage of the uh, of the Orioles uh, going on right now uh, so definitely check them out uh, I like to keep it all in the family here so uh, we do this show absolutely for free it's a passion of ours and we love it but we need your help so we can continue to grow even bigger and bigger so please say thank you by telling people about what the puck and spreading the word about our show so let people know be social on the web uh, let people know on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram and Vine and uh, and uh, Pinterest and Tumblr and uh, Reddit and every other social network that's out there. Hey, if you want to check us out on Tinder, we're not on there, but if you want to just randomly text somebody on Tinder and tell them about what the puck, we're not going to stop you. Go ahead and do that. I was worried about where you were going with that one. <laughs> I was uh, like, uh, Brandon, what the puck? On, that's what we were actually talking about on Tinder, not what everyone else was thinking. But. We're not on Tinder, but tell people about us on Tinder anyway, because what are you doing on Tinder? So that's uh, that's pretty much it for the show this week. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, I would I, I think we're going to be back next week to kind of recap the draft, and I'll tell you a little bit what it's like in Philadelphia. And a couple of trades, hopefully. Maybe some trades. Maybe some new guys coming in. We'll see what's going on. But until then, we're always rocking the red and saying, let's go Caps. 
This has been a production of the Brando Cash Network. Music mixed and produced by DJ Wolfman. Can you hear the thunder? Yeah, I can hear it now. Dude, it is pouring outside. Holy shit. I hear the rain too. Jeez. Yeah, it is coming down. I feel bad because I just ordered a pizza. I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> you just you just have a note saying podcasting. Just wait here until I'm my, done. Dude, my ba- Well, no, I just ordered it now, so it won't be a problem. Uh-huh. But, like, my bad pizza, dude. <laughs>